Hey, Tony, I like video games. Well, hi there, Jake. I like video games, too. It's a brand new spanking episode of Hey, I Like That Game. Hey, I like that game. That was my best impression of like a Matrix-like trance beat. I think that might have been best jingle ever. I was grooving to that. I was feeling it. Really thumping in there. I'm trying to get us in the mood for this game, System Shock <laughs> 2, man. Like, the, trying to get us. I'm trying to take you there, Jacob. Oh, this to game take is you there. This game is filled with moods, moods that we will talk about later. But first thing we have to talk about, Tony, is what video games you specifically have been playing. Two games I want to talk about that I've played uh, since our last episode. The first is one called Wilder Myth. So I've been following this game for a while, but I heard it on the uh, the Fire Escape uh, podcast. Uh, one of the guys on there was talking about it, and like it reminded me of it. I was like, you know what? I want to jump into it. Uh, so this game, <laughs> the way I would describe it like genre-wise, is like one part XCOM, one part procedurally generated like D&D campaign. So um, the combat is XCOM-like where, you know, you have a grid-based map. You're moving your pieces around there. Each individual character are like different archetypes and classes. They'll have different abilities uh, that kind of customize over the course of like your play with them. Um, so that's happening on like an individual level within combat. And a lot of different things can happen in combat. They, they've made it crafted a system that's pretty open-ended. So you can have a lot of different types of events, uh, happen in those combats. But then also there's like a macro world level play field. That's almost like a, um, uh, tabletop board where you're kind of moving characters around to take care of certain things around the world. Basically, like the, the setup for the game is like you're in like a fantasy adventure world and there'll be different uh, campaign uh, objectives. So like one campaign that's built in is really focused on like uh, a specific type of like enemy class, like a race of enemies or something. So you'll go through different chapters that have, uh, you know, focus combat and events on uh, your main story at hand with uh a bunch of procedurally generated events sprinkled in between there. Um, the thing that I think is really awesome that stands, uh, makes this game stand out is there's like a, a real legacy component to it. So like I, I said it was like a D and D campaign like thing. Uh, well, like characters that you play in this game are affected by the choices and by like, combat situations more than like a lot of other games tend to do like here's an example i uh my first Mm. playthrough i had a mage that um has like a a joyful and like um rambunctious nature like they have like all these different personality traits that you can give these characters but anyways this is like you know your wise kraken han solo like um mage uh a story event happens it was you know totally random where I had a choice to try to pry uh, this jewel out of a like ancient uh, like statue or whatever. So like either take the jewel, yeah. So take the jewel, always for, a like, good choice. The, the treasure or leave it alone. Uh, so to play to this character's strength, like oh yeah, this person's gonna try to take that jewel. Uh, a, in the background, a skill check failed, uh, and when this character tried to pop the jewel out of the uh this the statue it 
ricocheted off and went back into her face. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she has one eye and then one, like, mm-hmm. gem stuck in her head as an eyeball. And it was, like, such a like interesting, oh. like, look to the characters. Like, oh, that's that's cool. Uh, all right. So this is what this character is now. They have this gem in their eye. Uh, over the course of multiple playthroughs and, like, you know, th- this game deals with, like, scales of time uh, on, on, on epic stale- scales. Like, 10, 20, 50 years can go by over the course of, like, uh, games. And your characters um, feel that age. You see them get older. The characters will retire and, like, rotate out of, like, your band of heroes because, like, you know, time uh, is, like, a factor in this game. So, anyways, to bring it back to this character with the gem in her face... Um, over time, that gem started to take over parts of her body. And by the end, she had um, diamond legs and diamond arms. And, like, the diamond or crystal-like legs uh, made her go a lot slower because she didn't have, like, opposable legs anymore. They were just, like, kind of diamond stumps. Kind of stubs. Yeah. But, like, she developed a crazy, like, diamond sword arm that gave her a really good, like weapon-based physical attack that she never really had because she was a caster. So, like, it just... It changed my character in such a fundamental way that's, like, totally driven by the story and the narrative that the game uh, generated. And then, uh, like I said, it's a legacy game, so those things happen over time. When you complete, you know, campaigns in the game, you can, like, promote characters. So, basically, that allows you to draft them in future games you can kind of like bring them in as you know full-fledged characters into your game and they can continue to grow and Mm -hmm. change and then you can promote them again and then have you know new things happen to them based on you know that legacy character it's 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 a lot to uh explain but like a lot of really wild narrative things happen um that just makes this game intriguing to play. And uh, I've been having a really good time with it. And the combat is like, it's very good. You know, it's a turn-based strategy game like XCOM, you know, like your choices matter. And that kind of gameplay mm-hmm. is uh, really fun for me. So yeah, Wilder Myth is the name of the game. It's uh, it's really, really cool. It can also be played with multiple people. So you can have up to like five players uh, in a game controlling characters within combat um i have a campaign going right now with three other people uh and it's been a lot of fun you know uh being in charge of certain characters and like making decisions together as a team uh, it's been a lot of fun it's a it's a it's a, it's a really neat game really neat game about how, how long does a campaign last uh, fairly long so the the joint one i've been having with uh my two other buddies uh you we haven't finished yet it's a five chapter uh campaign and i think we're on chapter mm-hmm. three and we've probably played for like three or four hours at this point maybe three and a half okay and it's like some of that is learning the game and like it's definitely one of those games almost like a like a gloomhaven or like one of those like uh more complicated board games that once you understand the flow of turns it you can go a lot quicker um, so some of that is ramp up time, but yeah, I, w- I would say, uh, playing with other people, you'll probably get a solid five hours out of a campaign playing by yourself, maybe slice that in half and do like, you know, two and a half hours, uh, to finish if you're really like cruising through, um, it's given me like, just based on your description, it's given me some, uh, like 
for the king but with more depth kind of feel like sound yeah i i would agree to that i would agree to that yeah it's um less less roguelikey um but still Mm -hmm. has that procedural generation kind of fun stuff to it um we should play it one time i think i think you would get a kick out of it um i think i would too absolutely uh I'm you know, turn-based. Yeah, hey. right. Uh, and speaking <laughs> of turn-based, my second game is also a turn-based game. Um, so this game is called Crown Trick. Uh, it's a roguelite RPG, uh, with turn-based combat. Uh, it's like system is really built on skills and items and how they interact together. Uh, so this game is like a, a strategy game like uh, Crypt of the Knacker Dancer kind of is, uh, where time moves forward only when you move. So if you're stationary, um, you can take as much time to look at the play field and kind of map out your turns and stuff like that. Um, so or I guess that's more like Cadence of Hyrule, like how that mode works. But anyways, um, it's, it's really, really interesting. So I started playing this game on Game Pass, and... Um, I liked it enough where I bought it uh, on a Steam sale just a, a day or two ago because it, it's a really interesting game. So, like, um, it it has just enough amount of variation between runs to make all the different combinations uh, feel, like, fresh and interesting every time. But it also has mm-hmm. a pretty decent learning curve where once you start to kind of figure things out a little bit, you can progress pretty far quickly but then you'll like hit major gates in your in your progress like oh i'm gonna have to learn more about this game and how things interact to get to that next part um i've been enjoying it quite a bit so far um yeah it's it's interesting because it's it's another very turn-based top-down like strategy kind of game um but it happens at a really fast pace because um you know it's a dungeon crawler in that like you're moving from room to room not sure what you're going to to get into every time you open a room right um but Mm -hmm. in between combat it moves really quick but as soon as you like run into enemies like everything slows down and then you have to like think about every turn and stuff like that so it's the game moves at a really good pace for what it's trying to be um i've been really liking it i think i think it's neat crown trick crown trick Yeah, I was watching you just playing that just before we started recording. You had that, you had that yeah. going, and uh, yeah, it, it very much uh, some cadence of high rule look to it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's neat. It's neat. There's there's just like I said, just enough variation in there uh, be- between runs to make things really uh, interesting. But like, you know, I had a run yesterday. Uh, where I the first time I tried like this one particular uh, I guess campaign or however you want to call it uh, first time I tried it I was able to clear it because I got like an incredibly broken combination of stuff and it felt really really fun to execute that you know uh, kind of like a you know sometimes when you get like a crazy build in Hades where it's just, like really fun to play because you're doing like insane damage because of all these stacking buffs oh man it's great right yeah it's great uh, kind of like in one of uh, the games. I'm not going to talk about this game much, but it, like kind of like Slay the Spire, where you get like a really good broken run yep. and it goes well. I have been playing that game. I'm not going to bore the audience by talking about it more. I'm almost to my Ascension level 20 run. That's all I'll say. Pretty but 
the pretty uh, good. The other game I actually played between our previous episode and this point now in which we are speaking, Tony, uh, is the game Twelve Minutes. Oh, so this uh, I. I was curious about this game, but was on the fence about playing it. Uh, my fiance then, you know, saw the voice cast and was like, "Ooh, let's give that a shot. It sounds sounds cool." So that's like the big, I think, selling point of this game is uh, James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and Willem Dafoe are the three characters big names. in the in the uh, game. Yeah, huge names. Um, they're not really well utilized, of course. Willem Dafoe stands out just because he has that, like, amazing voice yeah. that is so distinct and so just so lovely on the ears in the worst way possible. Um, but James and Disney were – or Daisy, sorry, not Disney. <laughs> James and Daisy were, like, almost unrecognizable. Mm. They didn't have, like, any, like, mannerisms. Like, it's not like the voice acting was bad, but also just, like, the way – the lines are like stitched together from okay so uh, it's a um like a time loop sort of mystery point and click puzzle game um and the dialogue is like part of the puzzle uh in that like you can you know convince your wife that like okay i am going through a time loop like this is what i know this is what i need to find out and like that kind of gets easier to convince her of as you progress through the time loop which it kind of has that like um that vibe of like you're getting better at it like you're getting to know like the loop and kind of the shortcuts within it like that's cool that's cool stuff about time loop games yeah. but the way that they implement the voice lines makes it doesn't give the voice acting room to be good good <laughs> So it sounds very awkward, very stilted, very choppy at times, too. And it doesn't always sound like two humans are talking. Um, so, like, that being the biggest selling point of the game, I don't think was super well utilized. Um, it has, like, a lot of point-and-click uh, kind of eccentricities to it, where it's not always clear what exactly needs to be done to do what. Like, you know what you need to do, but it's just like, how do I do it necessarily and it's not always the most intuitive but it doesn't have those same stoppers that like old school point clicks have where it's just completely undiscernible uh the story itself this gets nuts i i have heard such things about this game i heard it gets kind of uncomfortable at times too oh oh boy it gets uncomfortable and then you're like halfway done with the game Ooh. um <laughs> so it's the performance and presentation is that of an indie game. Um, I think if I had, I don't want to say like my expectations were wrong. Cause like the cast, like I get, that's like the huge selling point of it, but like, it still is an indie game. They move like Sims do and it's like awkward and they kind of like bump into each other and have like weird stuff there. The dialogue is kind of weirdly put together, but I mean, it was, it was all right. I mean, we we plowed through it, and you know, we're horrified by the <laughs> the revelations of the game. Um, but it was still, still like definitely interesting. I hadn't played a point and click game in a in a very long time, 
and it was on Game Pass. So I don't know if I would have actually like bought the game, but since it was on Game Pass, I was like really jazzed to play yeah. it. But I I yeah. have heard that same sentiment where it's like, hey, I'm glad I played this because it's on Game Pass, but I wouldn't have played it mm-hmm. otherwise. I've also heard people just straight up not like that game. Um, but I I don't know anything. I, about- if you don't like if you don't like a point and click like puzzle games, I don't think this is really gonna do it for you. Like the again, the voice cast isn't going to get you there you'll be like oh cool that's willem dafoe isn't it and then you'll go through like three more loops and you just kind of be like fuck it i don't care yeah i and i also i'm not gonna play this game even though like that cast seems great because like i like i said some like the things i've heard about the story and where it goes are like oh i have no interest i have no interest in that you know i it's from what i've heard it's not a story that i i want to really engage with at all so yeah i get i can yeah i I can can, i can can miss that one (laughs) I can't. I cannot blame yeah. you. I cannot blame anybody for wanting to skip it for that. Um, but yeah, that's that's really all I've been playing. I haven't been playing too many games recently. It's just kind of, I don't know. Hobby hasn't spoken to me as as much. But I have been playing one video game that's called System Shock Two. Ooh. Should we talk about that game a little bit? I think we should. But first, I do want to give a shout out. Uh, League Trolley is underway. Oh. We had our first uh, sponsored tournament last week. We have another one coming up this week, uh, September 14th. We'll have we'll be having sponsored tournaments throughout all of September. So we still got you know two more after this week uh, to go. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know. I love it, Jake. You participated. You did all right. Correct. I got. I I lost every single set. Every not every single set. Every single match. Um, but I had a blast. That's pretty good. And <laughs> I will be, I will be, <laughs> so if you think you can beat me, listener, <laughs> then <laughs> sign up for the, the Trolley Try Hard League or whatever. What's the branded League name for trolley it? Trolley is the. League Trolley. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been really fun, uh, because uh-huh. all these tournaments I don't get to participate in because I'm like doing the official uh, tournament organizing. So I just get to run the stream and do all the like production stuff, which has been a blast. Um, those uh, the pre pre match little intro videos, pretty snazzy. Um, so good, they look so good. Yeah, shout out to I think it's like Lieutenant L or something like that, uh, who built that whole thing and put it on GitHub for free. So dope uh anyways yes uh after the break we are going to talk about system shock 2 you're not gonna want to miss it it's shocking no that's a bad transition (laughs) it's not good (laughs) do we have good ones fair point (laughs) it'll be two it'll be two uh two system two shock perfect Shit. <laughs> Jake, do you want to know when we uploaded our first episode of Hey, I Like That Game to YouTube? I would love to know. To YouTube. Okay, yeah, yeah. September 19th, 2016. So this is basically our anniversary episode. <laughs> well, happy five-year anniversary, Tony. Um, I didn't get you anything. I, neither did I. Actually, <laughs> you know what we got? We got our audience a pretty fucking good video game to talk about. <laughs> That's really what we got. 
I think we did. Yeah, this is this was the first time that I've just been like this is such a fun game to play for the podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, hey, we're back. Hey, I like that game. We're talking about System Shock Two. Jake, you picked this game, and it's a good one. Why? 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 Why did we? Why did we go to System Shock Two? So I was absolutely dead set on doing doom for this episode i wanted to play that like old i had never played the first doom i okay i've played the first doom but i was like six so i never finished the first doom also i was six seems worth revisiting at this point i think i've grown a little bit since then not much but a little bit and then mandalore gaming uh released his review on system shock 2 and that just kind of put it in my mind in the same kind of place, I gave you the choice based on Cult Classic, which was System Shock 2, or Absolute True Classic, which was Doom. You chose Cult Classic, and here we are talking about System Shock 2. This was a game that has been on my two-play list for a long time. I actually purchased this on Steam, like, six years ago. <laughs> and yeah, did- play it. I had, like, 30 minutes of it logged on Steam. Yeah, this was a game that's always been on my list, too. Um and mm-hmm. mostly because uh, I really liked Bioshock. So we yes. uh, we already did an episode on Bioshock. and go back and listen to that one about our thoughts on it. But uh, needless to say, we both really enjoyed that game. So I always wanted to go back to this game because I always heard, hey, here's where Bioshock really like started. Like the unofficial Bioshock prequel, at least in terms of like game design. Um, yeah. So I always want. And oh, man. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Yeah. Is it very similar? We'll, we'll get into more of that later, but just uh, for a little bit more upfront on um, mm-hmm. System Shock 2. So released in 1999. Uh, th- here's a genre for you. Action role-playing survival horror first-person game. Uh, designed by Ken Levine, who is, you know, uh, known for, you know, Bioshock fame uh, in, uh, you know, at Irrational Games. Um, also co-developed by Looking Glass Studios. The original System Shock is also heralded as like one of the best video games of all time. I haven't played that game, but uh, that was also de- uh, designed by Warren Spector from, you know, the guy who created Deus Ex, Wing, worked on Wing Commander, a bunch of the Ultima games. So like he's also like video game design royalty. Um, mm-hmm. So th- this entire series has um, a ton of pedigree. Um, a lot of the elements of where video games are now come from stuff in this game. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat to to be playing something or to, to have played something that you could see is like, oh, this is like fundamental video game stuff now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like all all like the developments of it um, or like so. <laughs> Sorry. Where are you going, Jake? <laughs> there's so much. There's so much in this game that I is like meaningful to to talk about at this point. It really is like almost beat for beat Bioshock. Like as far as uh, like the story goes, even stuff like okay, like you got to pick up a melee weapon at first to like bash a thing that's in your way. Just kind of. It's it it from the root up is just the the soul of 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 the Bioshock series, which is like a series I really like. Uh, you know, two in infinite for all their all their shortcomings are still still games I really really love and enjoy. So just playing 
through System Shock was uh, System Shock Two was very very informative and it's still it's still very effective yeah I, um to this day totally agree totally agree with that so like the things well let, let's do this let's lay out the things that like got pulled from this game into, into bioshock that's like a hallmark of what bioshock is audio logs like how mm-hmm. story being told by very well written well acted audio logs um the the major twist that happens uh, in this yeah, game. Yep. <laughs> um, the same thing of, hey, uh, untrusty narrator. Uh, same fucking thing happens in this game. I'll, like, I don't think it was as effective uh, as it was in Bioshock. Um, but I think, uh, let's just, at, at this point, I think we can be like, hey, this game's 22 years old. Like, full ass spoilers for System Shock yeah, 2. No, we always. And I think full spoilers for Bioshock as well, just in case that matters to you. Yeah, like, <laughs> we should just put a spoiler warning on all these podcasts because we're just going to talk about Right. Something. Spoilers spoilers for just like every like bunch of dumb games. Right, yeah. Exactly. Bruce Willis was dead <laughs> in Sixth Sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, there is. Uh, what else? The like plasmids, that type of thing is like kind of right. early, early uh, edition of that. Yeah, like weird cyberpunk magic. Yeah, side where Bioshock's got like the steampunk magic. Yeah, the, the um different ammo types for your weapons. Yep. Um, uh, what it, like moving through this like whole environment to find where the objective is, and it's like always hostile and there's always like secrets hidden and like based on what um space magic powers you have and like what items you have equipped you'll be able to access other parts of it um in those audio logs that do do a lot of background storytelling you'll find you know passcodes to doors or just little uh doodads about like oh there's going to be some stuff hidden here um the one that i like that sticks out to my brain um is in the residential sector, there's a basically like a virtual strip club and the doors that have the like experiences. I don't know if they ever really explain what they are. Those that have the experiences are like locked behind like a heavy paywall. So I get to that. I'm like, I'm curious what's in that. But like, it's too much of an upfront cost. But then later I find the audio log that's like, oh, man, I left all my cool stuff in that one room. Yep. So there's stuff like that. So there's incentive to pick up and listen to all of those but it's also just like really really cool and like really actually eerie and spooky at times and builds up the story more yeah there's a lot of moments where it's like oh here's a like horrific looking scene and there's an audio log next to it and it's like hell yeah i want to listen to that audio log and figure out what the hell happened here you know like um there's so many awesome elements like that and i feel like kind of to your point where audio logs really um are beneficial gameplay not just in like narrative but also like rewards right it rewards you by telling mm-hmm. you where good treasures at or gives you the passcode to get into a door that you wouldn't be able to get into otherwise without hacking right um i feel like that is utilized a lot more in this game as it tends to be in the bioshock games from here on out like um the audio logs will sometimes have clues for you in that sense but not all the time. Like, I feel like it was a major component in this game where mm-hmm. I felt like audio logs were sometimes not necessary in the Bioshock games. Whereas I feel like in System Shock, it's like it is 
not only one of the biggest driving factors of the narrative, but it's also like very engaging from a gameplay perspective, you know, like making sure you listen to every single one of them, find every single one of them. Cause it uh, will help you out in the long term. Yeah. It seems like the audio logs there in system shock are more interesting and have a bit more variation to them about who's making them and, and why. Yeah. Um, so let's, Let's take another step back. Cause like, there's probably there's a lot to talk about here. Like, I want to gush about this game because I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So let's let's go all the way back to uh, the beginning of the game. Did you watch that intro video that like plays um, at the start? Yeah, that though <laughs> that introduces I feel like very quickly sums up what happens in System Shock One. Yeah, and then kind of gives you the setting of the story. Yeah, so it it really sets the stage for like kind of here's the environment that you're in because like it is it is connected to System Shock 1, but it it doesn't always feel like it's like connected as a whole. Like you're not playing the same dude as the first game. You know, there are some there are things that carry over, but it's like uh not a ton, but like um the video itself it reminded me a ton of like those propaganda videos in Starship Troopers, you know, because it's like a similar thing where it's like, here's this like corporate video telling you telling you us about the future and how to like trust, uh, you know, the government working with this corporation for a, right. for a better future. You know, like it's <laughs> what could go wrong. Right. Exactly. <laughs> this this <laughs> this uh, <laughs> these videos or this game feels like a little bit like a RoboCop type thing like it's a yeah it's a, those are the two exact pieces of media that i'm like mm, this has got some major vibes to it paul verhoeven yeah verhoeven verhoeven <laughs> that's right yeah do verhoeven verhoeven-esque um uh themes throughout like, this yeah kind of weird dystopia feels to it when you're in the in the shopping center mm-hmm. the evil ai xerxes just like remember there are only 180 shopping days left till christmas P- you should pick up an extra shift right exactly exactly <laughs> it's like little stuff like that mm-hmm. little atmospheric thing so like um basically the only thing that's being pulled from system shock one is there's this rogue ai named shodan great name uh rogue ai mm-hmm. that like threatened uh humanity thought it was a god but a hacker took it down 42 years prior and then it just kind of it sets up the stage of you are a soldier uh the last one in fact on this uh ship the von braun uh and you are awakened to help stop the alien threat that has now taken over this ship uh you you're given Mm -hmm. like various cybernetic implants of your choosing uh to help stop this threat um and then the story takes a bunch of twists and turns uh, in really interesting ways and some some predictable ways, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's... Yeah. It, <laughs> Shocker. The, the evil evil AI lady that's all over the promotional material for this actually is in the game. Right, and is the voice in your ear that's been guiding you this whole time. Like, ah, shocking. Would you, would you kindly do the space stuff? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but... So how did you build your character? Because this, so this game, we're talking about it like very narratively, right? But this is an RPG. Like this is definitely a mm-hmm. hardcore ass RPG at times uh, where your, your choices, how you build your character really matter and the ways that you can interact with its systems. So I'm curious, what did, what did you go with? I played through the whole game once and I actually got like a few hours into a second playthrough. Mm. So my first one, I uh, did 
did my research before, so I didn't put any points into repair, which I think is one of the reasons why I was like bounced off of it the first time. I'm like, fuck, how do I build this character? Oh well, don't care. Um, so I just kind of built normal, normal gun guy. Uh, use a standard weapon, so you know, would put invest points into that throughout, but just kind of making sure that I was able to like use use weaponry, use all the armor that I was able to get my hands on that was got available to me. I did not put a single point into um like the cybernetic or like psionic powers uh for the first playthrough so i never used the used the orb to do the powers um i had some stuff in hacking but it was mostly just being able to be combat focused okay um then my second playthrough that i've just gotten a little bit into i'm now only psionic powers i'm like i'm gonna do the complete opposite i don't want to ever touch a gun in this playthrough and it's (laughs) hard it's definitely harder to start out with, um, and I still think is you know pretty pretty uh, rough. I just got into uh, what's the one right before you meet meet Shodan, but like just poor operations, and like I'm able to do more damage, but like there's a lot of a lot of stuff to fly through, like a lot of different um, powers to go through, and there's no real quick way of going through it's kind of like mash mash through um so menuing is now that i'm not like playing it for this now that i'm not playing it for this podcast i might look into uh putting like a mod or so on that that makes it easier to move around yeah the menuing in this game can be really shitty at times especially for the side powers Um, yeah yeah yeah. that's where it's like the most bothersome to me but on the whole it's it's a pretty it's still work deep that it's 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 a bit of work to get to know the menu but the being able to like use the mouse and keyboard inventory um Mm -hmm. like went to get kind of like early mid game i felt pretty comfortable with it and was able to do my inventory management like access the notes and get to stuff like that pretty pretty simply pretty straightforward same and i did like that same like within like three or four hours i was like okay i'm pretty good like i i have to keep a finger on the tab because tab will bring up my mm-hmm. my stuff and I can actually move things around. I did think it was like weird that when you're in that mode, you can still walk forward. Like it locks your camera in, and you like can't like free move your camera about. You can't really like shoot or anything when you're going through your menu. But like I got to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, oh, I can move through some hallways while I'm menuing and you know optimizing speed and stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I definitely got to that point too. Yeah, was, and I guess it's just like so you don't feel safe when you're like looting somebody cuz the game doesn't pause. No. Uh so it like gives you that movement still so you can escape if you need to, but I don't know if I ever got caught with my pants down like that. Yeah, the um I, I, just building your character in general in this game is it's like it's a little weird and like I and I've heard frustrations of people that like oh you can build your character wrong and just like fuck yourself in the game. And it's mm-hmm. like that is definitely true. Uh but if you yeah, what'd you make? I, I went full like Navy, so I played I yeah. played through about half the game, uh, standard Navy, just guns and uh, like just bare minimum of hacking, bare minimum of so many things, so I can like still uh, try things out. And I got about I got past the Shodan reveal a little bit past that, and then I was like, you know what? I want to see everything in this game so i i went to the command line and i maxed out all my stats so then i tried all the weapons all the side powers and all of that (laughs) stuff and it was it was pretty fun it was it was pretty fun um to mess around with that stuff there's just like so many different ways you can build your character and be effective and like it it feels like it could be a lot of fun to optimize those things uh but i'm Mm -hmm. i'm glad that 
this game has, you know, 20 plus years of um, guides and, you know, thought because um, it could be tough early on if you don't know how to build your character right, you know? You re- you right, because, really like, yourself. if you don't put a point into, like, standard weapons, you'll pick up a pistol and you won't be able to use it. Yeah. There's stuff like that. So it's uh, it's not as forgiving as, uh, I think, more more modern games, but it definitely has a lot more interesting interesting things to do. Yeah, and, and like, there's so many little things in this game um, that you can see the creators are really thinking thinking about how do we push more narrative in this game? How do we make it feel like more like immersive quote unquote? And like the Mm -hmm. way you first build your character was like such an interesting thing. So like it it introduces you as like a soldier and you joining up for the military and to build your character, you make several choices about, you know, which branch of the military are you joining? And then what um, things are you choosing to study in your next three years at like the military academy before like you start the game and it's like you know you're walking through these hallways you're listening to like the overhead to tell you kind of uh what are the reasons to pick one thing over another um i think there's also like plaques on the wall to show you that information and stuff but it's like such an interesting way uh to make those decisions and it's like um this very very well could have been a menu right but mm-hmm. it's a very particular choice to say you have to walk through these hallways and like put yourself in the shoes of this like soldier and make these choices like you're making career choices for them and not stat choices. You know, um, I think that's interesting. I think that's really interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the so when you pick. They give you uh, like three options to basically get bonus points to start with and each one is represented by a year of service in like a different different area or different department um the ones for like the the psyops are so much cooler than the ones for the normal like marines it's like the marines it's like oh you stood at guard duty for a year and you learn how to maintain your weapon super good and then the psyops one is like you you mind hacked a super assassin. And <laughs> they tried to put up mental blocks, but you pa- like powered through and then murdered them in their in their own brain. <laughs> like, oh, that's so much cooler. That sounds fucking rad. <laughs> Why would I want to be a normal marine? Yeah, right. Yeah, but like the psi powers, like you like you were saying before, like it's not super strong early. You know, like no, it is no. it's very weak. So when I maxed my character out and started messing with the side powers for real, because like, you know, I was I was messing with everything when I was like first building my character as much as I can just to mm-hmm. see things. Um, but then when I max everything out, it's like, oh, my God, some of these like later side powers are fucking great. You know, like here, here's just like a full heal at any time. That's great. Or here's like a fireball mm-hmm. or you can put up. um God, what was this one called? It, like, it was a particular type of barrier that almost acted like, um, like Tassadar and Hots just puts up a just puts up a wall, and guys just walk into it and they can't get by it. It has like a ton of health, so you can just route um, the big uh, robots or the the rumblers or whatever. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And then this, like, this cool, like, the late game, um, 
sorry, psi powers are really interesting too. You can like you get teleportation, and it really it just does it does more than just like oh this is a defense one, this is a heal one, this is a damage right. one. Um, there's a lot of self buffs. They incorporate a lot of like different. You can affect different enemies uh, more strongly with certain powers and with others, kind of like with the different types of ammo. You know, ammo, ammo piercing is going to hit the, the mechs and whatnot. Anti-personnel is going to go against the, the cyborgs and the, the worm monsters. Yep. Uh, so it's it's got a cool distribution there, and there's a lot of really neat powers. And I don't know. I wish the plasmid system was a bit more diverse like like this yeah. one was like the active powers and also just like easier to like this end with bioshock this is okay don't don't come for me this is what bioshock 2 does better where it just like makes plasmids easier to incorporate and use into your play style that game is far far worse in many many other ways but like i like that about it yeah and i wish that was that was the case in um in system shock as well yeah it I, I was also shocked by the amount of uh, variation. Like, there's a lot of weapons. Like, even if you just, like, mm-hmm. stick with normal, like, standard weapons and heavy or laser, um, there's a ton there not getting into the five pages of Psy Powers. Um, it's, like, it's really impressive when you compare it to, like, the 19-ish ones that you get in Bioshock. Uh, it's like 19 or 20, something like that, like between the guns and plasmids that you can get in Bioshock. This has way more than that, way more depth there. Um, I guess in Bioshock, you can kind of get everything in that game where you can't necessarily do that in this game. But um, yeah, the amount of variation and uh, depth in its combat uh, was shocking to me after playing bioshock as like the, you know the touch point to to what this is it was system shocking to you oh, oh i don't mind that you can't get everything in this game yeah like you can with with bioshock i think it just lets you do cooler stuff because wholly specializing in areas will allow you to do neater stuff than trying to be a jack of all trades yep 100 percent. you should be a specialist and the way that you specialize will determine how you approach rooms you know like i really liked having hacking really high like being able mm. to hack um security cameras always not have to worry about that uh or chests as well like i never found or at least i don't want to say never oftentimes i would not find like oh my god, significant like game-changing items in those chests. But there was enough times where I got stuff that like, oh, this is definitely helpful. Like mm-hmm. ammo in a time of need or like a health pack in a time of need. Uh, it was worth it to have and hacking very high so you could guarantee you're getting through that, you know, unscathed. Yeah, because the ones you have to hack give you better loot. Yeah. Just definitely so much better loot all the time and i like that i feel like in bioshock and not even in just bioshock but like a lot of other games elder scrolls is just chop full of this where you'll open the lock chest and there's just nothing in there which i get it probably more realistic i don't give a shit if i unlock a chest there should be better goodies in there i feel like this game also suffers from that at times like there there are chests that like i 
drop through like the the um the cargo rooms like that was an area where i explored a lot of the nooks and crannies in there and found like chests mm-hmm. and it there's only one that i was like oh this is a fucking kick-ass chest so, like most of them were just like eh whatever but um it's th- like you don't have to get those things you can and you can spec in ways where it's like it doesn't even make sense to try to get those things which it, it's yeah it's interesting um Speaking of the cargo room, I, I, I have, have to talk about this because I had such a awesome moment in that part of the game. Um, so there's a lot of robots and enemies in that part of the game. Yeah. And oh, you yeah. just have to run. Like That's like a, the part of the game where it's like, oh, yeah, this is like survival horror. I'm not trying to kill everything here. I'm trying to just make it out of here alive. Um, the layout of the cargo room... Uh, rooms is pretty complicated and there's a lot of like elevators and and just weird twists and turns the map in this game is not great um so i definitely no oh no yeah, i got i got pretty lost in there but it it's really creepy because the enemies can be anywhere right that's 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 anywhere in this game but especially there where you're just kind of making twists and turns through like just these giant rooms full of boxes that you can't really see around corners. It, like it's it's really spooky. Um, there's also the giant RoboCop ripoff murder bots, like the the ED two hundred nine or whatever. Like those things, they're mm. all over the place. Um, and then the like the Kamikaze servant bots are all over. God, those guys are so rough. And especially at that point of the game, you don't have a great way to fight back against Max. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like if I, I had some like anti armor or whatever, like bullets. So I was able to take down a couple of them, like just fine, mm-hmm. but you can't fight all of them. Uh, but like too many, but yeah. those, um, those servant bots, I had this one moment where, um, one was chasing me. I was running away and I jumped up on an elevator and hit the button and I started going up and the, ele- the, Robot stops and like the elevator is moving slow. So like you, I, I'm watching this whole thing play out, but it stops in front of the elevator and then starts waving at me and starts talking like, come back, come back. And it's like, it was a crazy interaction to happen in the game. Um, and it was, just, it was very immersive. Like I was running away and then it's like, ah, come back here. <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. it was really, it was creepy and unsettling. Um, because sure. those those robots like all their voice lines are like hi how can i help you like what's going on buddy it's like it's they're very friendly they're not really mean except for when they blow up in your face and do a lot of damage to you um and that's a like such a cool part about a lot of the enemies in this game is they're a lot of them are just, like really tortured like the main enemy like the mutant guys the many a lot of their voice signs are like oh please kill me yeah like i don't want to do this like i'm not trying to hurt you please yeah and it's like it's oh it's it's terrifying this oh okay should we talk about the sound design now so good at least it's yeah go ahead so good yeah it it it's the the gameplay necessary sound design is really good Mm -hmm. i think the soundtrack of this game is not good (laughs) it's like very early 2000s trance it feels like you're sitting in the matrix you know like that it is very much that but the creepy sounds whoo 10 out of 10 Mm -hmm. 10 out of 10 like even just like the guns sound good the like laser weapons sound good the 
fucking monkeys sound really good. Yep. Uh, it is so disquieting to exist in the Von Braun. Um, and yeah, the sound design is the hugest part of that. Uh, like the graphics, of course, have aged. Um, the design is still very good, and the uh, sound is still absolutely top notch. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Kind of. I don't want to go back to the auto logs. I feel like we talked about it, but one of the cool things about the sound design of this game is that they, like you were alluding to before, like enemies will say like really like fucked up things, like sad things, but in like crazy monster voices. Um, one of mm-hmm. my favorite audio log series is with uh, one of the passengers, Norris and it. I think he has like four or five different uh, logs, but over time, you can hear the change in him. You can hear how mm-hmm. he is becoming a monster. You know, like it's uh, you can hear how the alien worms, you know, the many, the, the, the alien bad things like they will take over your mind, transform you into a beast all while making you feel like it's a good idea. You know, it's like, oh, I want to be a part of something. I want to be a part of something bigger. You know, and that's what the many can bring to me as their voice is like, you know, like changing. Mm. Um, It's it's really, really effective. It's really effective and um, just really fun. Just really they're having a lot of fun with it. Um, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like and it's like kind of like a hive mind story in general. So like the the many uh, I don't even want to get into the story beats. I was thinking about it. I was (laughs) it's it's a it's, it's uh, a weird story when you look at it from uh like every literal plot point i guess but <laughs> when you look at it literally yes the story really convoluted and weird and not always like it's it's a little dumb at sometimes but like when it's presented to you and the way it's told to you you get like really into it you really I think you feel the setting more so than the story beats, and that's what gets you into it more so than, like, the actual narrative. Yeah, because, like, when you start to think about some of, like, the narrative implications when you get later into the game, like, okay, there's the reveal. The doctor you've been talking to this entire time is actually Shodan, the rogue AI from before, and ah, she loves calling you an insect. Right, like talk shit. It's her favorite thing. Talks <laughs> mad shit to you the entire time. Like that is like her whole thing. Like it's like it's like Glados, but without any of the fun parts. Um, it's just like straight <laughs> asshole, straight dick, no wisecracking. <laughs> just like you're a piece of shit. Why haven't you already done the thing I asked you to do? You know, it's like I never, I never understood why you continued to help Shodan this entire game. Like I just did like it didn't make any sense. Um mm-hmm. and it's like the the many are a big threat for sure. You know that. But once you know you're basically working for wants to annihilate all humans Shodan. Right. It is weird that your character's like, Alright, yeah, you know <laughs> enemy of my enemies. Right, right. And like I'm sure you <sighs> Like the ending of that, where your your main character like, quote unquote, destroys Shodan or thinks thinks he does. Um, I guess you could say, oh, the whole time he, he just wanted to save the day, you know, and knew he could beat Shodan. But it's like it doesn't it doesn't communicate that very well. So like I just 
I didn't quite get why you were helping Shodan the whole time. Um, but yeah, but like whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. That's not that's not what matters in this game. No. Um, it just every everything else around it is is very well done. Um, I mean, it's old, so the balance is wonky. It looks very like pixelated and stuff like that, but the atmosphere is great. I I I legitimately jumped a few times playing this game. Um, so it gets you. It it worms into your brain like like the many do. Ooh, I like that. Um, uh, a couple of other just like little gripes with this game. Um, mm-hmm. So the last part of this game, like I already said earlier, that uh, the map in this game is not very good. Um, it gets worse in the last like quarter of the game, like in the the last section where you're um, going through and like destroying these like eggs and trying. Oh, yeah, like that. You have have the guide open. Yeah, a- have a YouTube video open that shows you how to get to all of them. Don't fuck around with the eggs. Just, just yeah, follow a guide. Yeah, it's it's a, they don't show anything <laughs> on the map at all. So you just keep. I I tried to do that without a guide because I'm like, oh, how bad could it be? Very bad. Uh, mm. It's not very good, um, and then it doesn't get much better when you're in um, the many, like in the body of the many. Um, it's, yeah, it's, that part fucking sucks, and it's it was not well communicated in a lot of ways. Um, it's uh, some very uh, what's that mission in Halo Three called? Oh, the... uh, where you're in inside the the flood, like yeah, 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 fleshy tubes. Like I'm not I'm not a fan of fleshy tube letters or levels. They're just they're just sewer levels, but things are slimy, yeah, or more slimy, I guess. Um, so yes, I I think this game has a very strong drop off. Um, basically once you leave the von Braun. Yep, and I also think uh, the hacking in this game uh, is like not fun at all like it's not mm-hmm. a fun mini game to do they in in bioshock they corrected that by making it more of like an interactive like a a, a better mini game i i'll say uh yeah you still had to do it way too much in bioshock but right. i think it's it's more engaging than it is in this game because in this it's it's of a completely mindless mini game and it's also it's luck kind of random yeah it's, all, it's yeah. all luck. It's like you can increase your chances for sure by increasing like certain stats but it's still it it's still random i would just i would just save scum yeah i i did the same until i maxed my stats out and then when you have like max hack it's like you don't ever fail um but it felt mm-hmm. it felt like a scratch off lottery ticket like that that's <laughs> what those mini games felt like to me um mm-hmm. and it, that's not fun um it's, it's not good um but yeah uh let's see oh the one other thing <laughs> the one other thought that i had today i i was looking at i, I want to find a good gif of shodan for like um for like posting and stuff and i kept looking at the picture of shodan like what does this look like shodan is a hundred percent the birth of the cyber goth like a thousand percent have you ever looked have you ever googled a picture of what a cyber goth is jake I have not. No. What? Okay. I'm gonna send this to you right now. So, Jake, this is. Uh, oh, I feel like this is what Shodan created. This. Uh, this is. This is a <laughs> cyber goth. It's like a fashion. Uh, <laughs> but doesn't that look? It's like. Uh, 
it's like if the aliens from um battlefield earth were more techno like green color like neon green but color. Do, do you see it do you, like I, I i do i don't know i very much see i don't it. know if i don't this is like a chicken and egg situation what came first yeah, a chicken yeah, egg so situation think, did showdown i'm gonna say showdown came before cyber goth yeah that's what that's that's gonna be my guess uh this game was been so influential in so much why not the cyber goth aesthetic <laughs> i'm just i'm telling you uh, showdown giving off a lot of heavy cyber goth vibes um very heavy uh i think some of the voice acting in this game is very bad uh some of the audio logs and stuff like that are uh much worse than others oh well i mean you could say that about any game there's um oh i think there's like i think there's a much greater variation of quality um in this like especially the um when you're trying to like blow up the the shuttles and like those two survivors are are running away they're like come on we have to escape and then one of them's like oh that damn worm almost bit my leg off and it's like and then there's like this so intense like storytelling in in the in the audio logs are like people losing their minds to the many and like slowly being assimilated into that that like consciousness and it, there's it's, it's so much better than than some of the audio logs yep. but we'll we'll chalk that up to a bunch i don't like anything at this point is just like nitpicks right exactly like that that is like it's it's like saying it just for the sake of saying it but it doesn't really matter because it's still a fucking because this game can't get a hundred <laughs> nothing gets a hundred percent on this podcast <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> i'm one of those teachers uh so jake i i think i know what you're gonna say but let, let's just you know for the format yeah for the format i think i know what you're gonna say too but this is a hey i like that yeah game. it's a hey i like that game um it's super cool it's super intense effective to this day um just do a little bit of like research beforehand or like here's 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 your guide for starting a system shock to play through just do a straight marine playthrough the first time through. Never put a single point in repair. Um, maintenance is good too, but like just a few points in standard weapons and strength and endurance to start with, and you'll be you'll be golden. Yep. Have fun. Yep. Then once you get the game, know the game more. Uh, try some cybernetic stuff and psionic stuff because it's pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. Th- um, this is super cool. This game. is a hey, I like that game. Up and down, like it. Um, I'm very glad I played this game. Uh, I'm excited for. I think. I think this year a system shock one remake is coming out and like, I'm super excited to try that now. Uh, system shock three is also like a thing. It was first announced in 2015. Uh, there was like teasers out in 2019, but since then uh, it's been bought by 10 cent. Um, and it's, it's bounced, oh, okay. it's bounced around a bunch, but Warren Spector, you know, the, the OG um, uh, system shock guy, uh, has done a ton of work on this game uh, of the design. You know, I don't know if he's still doing it or not, but like he, he's got his hands very deep into this game, which makes me very excited. Uh, so yeah, I'm very interested to delve more into the System Shock uh, universe. This this game reminded me a lot of playing through um, Metro. We did our episode on Metro. Um, was it 20? 20- what is, I can never remember the the numbers. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, whatever the the metro one that we played. But oh god, it's coming up. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, this game like introduced me to a a franchise. I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to see what I want to see where this goes. I, I'm I'm in. You know, 
So thank you for bringing this one to the the table, Jake. Oh, no problem, buddy. It's Metro 2033. That's it, it 2033. <laughs> yeah, I, I am, I'm so glad we got to play this game, and uh, I'm glad that we have this podcast so I can force myself to play games I should have played a long time ago. <laughs> yes, exactly. It gives, it gives you reason. It gives you reason. Uh, exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, why don't, you, why don't you give me a reason to play a new game, Tony? I'm, I'm actually really excited for this one, so I... Um, I'm not going to give you a choice. Uh, I'm just going to, there there is no choice in this one. Um, This game is, I may have made you play this once, but probably not Uh, for the next episode of, Hey, I like that game, Jake, you and I will be playing a game called super puzzle fighter Two turbo baby. (laughs) Uh, Super puzzle fighter. Getting you to play some puzzle games, brah. Um, I love this. Oh man! I love this game. I knew, I knew this day would come. Yeah, yeah, I love this game, and also Jake, I have devised a way for us to be able to play this multiplayer. So, um, oh, so we can play. Boy, we can play against each other a little bit. Um, but uh, for the purposes of the folks at home that is playing with us, which I think is zero people, but anyways, for the folks at home, uh, the PlayStation One version will be what we talk about the most. Um, not much difference between that and the arcade, but. Just anyways. Uh, yeah, so Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, Jake. Next episode. Hey, I like that game. Oh, man. Well, I uh, you have talked about this game before. You have not yet made me play it, but you have now rectified that mistake, it, it, it seems. Uh, remember uh, the last time I, I made you play an awesome puzzle game and it turned out to be great? Remember that uh, Clash of Heroes game, Might and Magic? Oh, yeah. Clash of Heroes was very fun. So every once in a while, Jake, I got good ideas when it comes to puzzle you, games. Okay, you play good games. So, you know, you just like some weird ones, too. Damn right. <laughs> um, Jake, where can the folks at home, uh, where can they find us on the internet? Oh uh, yeah, you can email us at hey I like that game at gmail.com. You can tweet at like that game. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We are Hey I Like That Game Podcast. And you can find Trolley League Smash Bros every Tuesday at Hey I Like That Game on Twitch.tv. League Trolley uh, over at twitch.tv slash hey I like that game. Tryhard Tuesdays has a sponsor for the month of September. Uh all participants get a coupon. Uh, winner can get uh, winner gets seventy bucks. Second place gets thirty. So there is money. Some serious, some serious There's cash. There's some money yeah. to be won uh, playing Smash Brothers uh, with us. So please uh, come join us. Even if you're new to the game, it's always fun uh, playing. You y'all heard how good I am. So oh, yeah, yeah, it's friendly for all skill levels. Exactly. Please join. So. Uh, you can beat Jake because it seems like it's a free win. <laughs> it's not too hard, everybody. <laughs> Fan, fantastic. Well, um, oh, man. I'm sure that's how the our matches in Super Puzzle Fighter Turbo Max are going to go to. God, I wish it was uh, Turbo Max. That sounds great. Uh, that's that's been unreleased. It's been rumored for the last eight years. <laughs> You know, they did have another... I, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to get into this. Uh, <laughs> we'll save it for the next episode. I will save it for the next episode. Uh, this is the closest we've got to a five-year anniversary podcast. Our fir- yeah. Our first episode ever uh, on Uncharted 2 
Uh, I have it posted as September 19th, 2016. So, Jake, we've been doing this for basically five years now, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> it's been the absolute privilege of a lifetime to yeah. be able to do this with you for five years. Yeah, this has been really cool. Um, thanks for everyone who listens because this is like super fun for us. So, yeah, keep listening. We're, having, we're, just, we're dicking around. We're having a good time, and we're just grateful for everybody who likes to tune in and likes to have a good time with us. And here's to another five years. I, I figure we could keep this going for another five years. Hell, maybe ten. Maybe Jake, twenty. Putting it out there. Tony, we're gonna we're gonna pass this podcast down to our children. Oh my god. Coops the cat. <laughs> what do you like about video games? She said fish. <laughs> <laughs> and Pebbles is sleeping, so that's Coops has got the more insightful commentary here. <laughs> she <laughs> This podcast would turn into a Sega Bass fishing only. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, we're done now, right? I think we're done. We lost, we lost the sauce so much. And as always, folks, live life passionately, love each other unconditionally, and play video games. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Um, we talked about how much we like each other's wangs. Yep. yep. Always make sure yep. to get yep. that piece in there. <laughs> uh, no, I think we're good. I think we're good. So, and then you said you were talking about one game. So, um, just yeah, just one on the on the start. Um, I can, I can, yeah, I guess do my game then. Um, to begin. Yeah, I, if, or do you want to talk about, or do you want to talk about your stuff first? I, you know what? Let me let me do mine first because it feels like a, um, so often you go first here. So let me let me just go first. Oh, let's, let's mix things up a little bit. Up a little bit. So uh, go yeah. ahead and introduce when you're ready. Okay, give me give me five seconds. We got some some dog action happening nearby. Dog action. Hey, hey, pebbles. She shit in her tote bag while. We were in the subway, and there was the most traumatizing moment of my life. What the fuck? And why would she do that? That's just so... I, I mean, she, like, actually was just, like, sick and oh. had bad diarrhea. So it wasn't, like, her fault, but, like, fuck, I've... That sucks. ...covered myself in this dog's shit and vomit, so I feel like I'm ready for human kids whenever that may happen, if ever that may happen. Right, right. You are ready. <laughs> just cover everything. I gotta get pee on me now. That's the last thing. I actually, I probably got. Don't worry about it. I'll cover that at the bachelor party. <laughs> yes. Booyah. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> hey, look at that. We did actually talk about each other's wine. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in. Oh boy. Keep it in. Keep it. In. <laughs>